Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, anywhere you get your podcasts and always free. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. Much appreciated. Be sure to follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddytrunk.com is the official online home as well. All your info and updates are there. Hope you connect with me on social media. And again, thanks for checking out the podcast. As I tell you every week, this podcast is a re-air of an interview that originated and originally aired live on my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and heard Monday through Friday on Channel 106 Volume. You also can hear that show replay every night from 10 to midnight Eastern on 106 volume or listen to full shows, interviews, video, anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. As a matter of fact, if you're in the U.S. or Canada right now until December 6th, it is a free listening period. So even if you don't subscribe to Sirius or XM, inactive radios or are, are currently on or you can download the app and listen free that way if you don't have a radio Great chance for you right now to sample my volume show totally free, even if you're not a subscriber, until December 6th. Thank you all, though, for checking out any of my shows, however you do it. And if you're only listening to the podcast, you're only getting a tiny, tiny sample of what I do on a daily basis on Sirius XM. So let's let's see. What are we doing today? Well, here's what we got for you on the podcast A week ago, just about a week ago, it was the 30th anniversary of the death of KISS drummer Eric Carr. Eric was an old friend, a dear friend. I miss him tremendously, and I cannot believe it's been 30 years since he passed away. So I wanted to celebrate that and celebrate his life and his memory by doing a tribute show to him, which I did do a week ago yesterday, which was exactly the 30th anniversary of his death. 
And I took a lot of calls from people who are listening, telling their stories of meeting Eric. First time they saw him play with Kiss. He was a big shot in the arm to a band that was really struggling at the time that he joined them in 1980 and really was a major, major figure in that band and a very loved figure throughout much of their non-makeup era as well. Eric Carr had his own identity, which was great as the Fox. He was just a wonderful guy and a great human being and an incredibly talented drummer and all-round musician, great singer as well. There's a documentary in the works about his life, which I'm excited about. Looking forward to that coming out. And I always remember him and always want to celebrate him. And I thought, what better time to do it than what was on the 30th anniversary of his passing last week? So you're not going to hear that complete show. If you'd like to hear that complete show again, you can do so by listening to it on the SiriusXM app. But what I will bring you is two of the interviews from that show with two former band members of KISS who both played with Eric Carr. We'll start with Ace Frehley, who was, of course, still a member of the original lineup of KISS when Eric Carr joined the band in 1980. Ace and Eric hit it off very well initially. You know, Ace was very close with Peter Chris, but he really took Eric under his wing and they became fast friends in the brief time they were in the band together. So we'll start with Ace sharing some thoughts about Eric Carr coming into the band and being the first replacement member in the group. And then we'll transition to Bruce Kulick, who made many more records with Eric Carr and spent much more time with him as a member of KISS and joined the band after Eric Carr had joined the band throughout the whole 80s non-makeup period. So some thoughts with two different members of KISS, original lead guitarist Ace Frehley, about, about Eric coming in as the first replacement member, and then a completely different perspective about from Bruce Kulick, who came into KISS as a new guy when Eric was already there and established. I think you'll enjoy this. I wanted to, again, remember and celebrate Eric Carr who uh, is still incredibly missed by myself and many KISS fans, whether you knew him personally or not. So with that in mind, we'll start with Ace, and then the second interview will be the one with Bruce Kulick. These were just drop-ins during my show. What went around this was a lot of fan phone calls, which, again, you won't hear here, but you can listen to, if you'd like, on the app and pull this show from last Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, which again was the 30th anniversary of his death. Okay, remembering Eric Carr 30 years after his death, as promised, Ace Freely. I hit up Ace last minute to call in with a few thoughts about Eric on the 30th anniversary of his passing. Ace recently getting off the road with Alice Cooper. Here's how that conversation went. Uh, we're in the home stretch now. A few more minutes left to go as we continue to remember and celebrate the life of late KISS drummer Eric Carr, who passed away exactly 30 years ago today. Hard to believe that it has been 30 years. Joining us right now, a guy that certainly will have some uh, great perspective on this, having been an original member of KISS and been there with Eric's arrival into the band, original KISS guitarist Ace Fraley joins me right now. How are you, buddy? Hey, Ed. Hard to believe it's been 30 years, huh? Yeah, it's... Uh... I'll never forget the day of the funeral. And uh, it was just, uh, even, you know, when they walked, the, when they rolled the casket out of the church, I just, 
in my mind, I said to myself, his body's inside there. And it just, then it hit me, you know, that he was gone because, you know, we spent so much time together. And, you know, when I was in the band with, with him, you know, he would spend a lot of time with me because, you know, he used to like to have a couple of beers just like I did. Well, I used to have, I used to like that more than one or two. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, you know, Paul and Gene didn't drink. So, uh, you know, he would end up gravitating towards hanging out with me. And uh, that's how we became close. So uh, he was a, a wonderful guy off stage and a great drummer on stage. And, you know, I can't believe it's 30 years. Yeah, he loved you, man. I mean, I remember when I was working with you on the records, the solo records, and he would come around. And I remember there was that one time you needed a drummer, and he wanted to go play with you on the on a on a tour for one of your records. It, Gene and Paul weren't going to let him do it, but I remember didn't even come down when you were auditioning people and sit in at one point at SIR. I remember something like that too. I don't remember that, but you know my memory stinks. So what are you going to do? <laughs> well, let me ask you but this. I, I definitely remember the audition. Yeah, let, tell me about the, the audition. The thing for... about the audition with Eric was that after he auditioned, he asked for our autographs because <laughs> he never thought he was going to see us again. <laughs> well, Ace, when you when you had when I mean because it was a big thing, Kiss having its first replacement member. So I imagine that had to be a really difficult thing when he came in and auditioned. I'm sure you went through a lot of people, but was it immediately obvious to you that he was the guy? Pretty much. I mean, we had auditioned a lot of a lot of drummers, and uh, I don't know. He just seemed, you know, you know, when it feels right, you just go with your gut, and uh, he just seemed like he was humble. Uh, a great drummer, knew all the ch- had all the chops, and it seemed like he'd be an easy guy to work with. And uh, it, pretty much, you know, we all looked at each other after listening to everybody that we had auditioned, and we decided on Eric pretty much unanimously. And how did you did you guys hit it off immediately? Because, like you said, you both like to have a couple of drinks and and be social. Obviously, for you, up to that point, Peter was your guy. You and Peter were buddies on the road, and and how to be awkward and weird for you for Peter to not be there. But did you and Eric hit it off pretty much immediately? Because in the U.S., there was the one show at the Palladium, which was his first show, and then from there, you guys went and did huge uh, festivals and stadiums and stuff in Europe. So he was thrown right into the deep end of the pool. How did how was that for you and for him? For you playing with a new drummer. And for him being in such a big band so quickly, did he do well with it? He handled it pretty well, considering the amount of pressure he had on him on himself. But uh, I'm always the kind of, I mean, how long have you known me? Forever. So it's like, I always try to make people feel comfortable. You know, uh, my dad always used to say, treat people the way you'd like to be treated. So I always made it. I tried to make, uh, I told them, you know, don't worry about it. Just go with the flow. Don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. Just stay in the moment and uh, you'll be fine. And, you know, he played his ass off and, you know, he was a huge asset to the drummer, to to the band once Peter left. 
Do you remember the very first show that, that Kiss played with him at the Palladium in 1980? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was there. I remember it. I, it was just the thing that I remember that jumps out so much about it is it was such a big deal that Kiss was going to introduce this new member at that show. And, you know, being a fan in there, a 15-year-old kid in the building that day, I was saying to the audience earlier, it could have went either 15? way. Yeah, in 80, yeah. Jesus. Well, that's, that's the year Monique was born. But but that's what I'm saying is is like it could have went it could have went either way, you know? It could have been like it could have fallen on its face and the fans could have rejected it or it could they could have really embraced it immediately. And I remember as soon as they took the curtain down and fans saw this giant double kick drum set and then Eric come out and just kick into Detroit Rock City and drive that song like that the fans immediately embraced him from the first seconds of even seeing him because nobody even knew what he was going to look like before that show. So I don't know if you as a band felt it immediately on stage that the fans, the, the, the connection this guy had to the fans out of the gate was remarkable for a new member of such an iconic band. Well, I, you know, we had rehearsed a lot with Eric and uh, I was completely confident that that was going to be able to pull it off without a hitch, which he did. And, uh, he was just a, such a sweetheart of a guy off, off the, uh, stage. You know, I, I, you know, I try, like I said, I tried to make him feel comfortable. I said, don't be nervous. You know, if you want to have a couple of drinks before you go on fine, but you know, don't overdo it. And, uh, he, he, you know, he just went up there and killed it. And, uh, I think uh, after that first show we did at the Palladium, you know, that gave him the, uh, you know, what's the word I'm thinking of? The confidence. Confidence. Gave him the yeah. confidence, you know, that, you know, I think, you know, I, re I mean, I remember the first time I did a concert, you know, with Fairly's Comet without my makeup, and I was just terrified because I didn't know if the fans were going to accept me without my makeup, you know, and, uh, Luckily, they did, you know, and, and, you know, I went on to, you know, have a successful solo career because of that. But, you know, Eric, Eric had no idea what was going to happen. He didn't know if he was going to get tomatoes thrown in his face or what. <laughs> but uh, I was pretty confident that it was going to go smoothly because he's just, his drum kit was amazing and he was just such a powerhouse. And he had a good, and also he had a great voice on top of it as well, you know, just like Peter did. So uh, he was a huge asset to the band, and he, you know he filled, he filled Peter's shoes quite nicely. You know, even though I, we were all missing Peter, at least I was. And uh, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> I, do, 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 Ace, I don't do you remember that much? You know, <laughs> right? Did you do you remember working with him at all on his makeup? Do you remember like him developing his persona? and being introduced as the Fox. Do you remember any stories about that, about him? Uh, uh, did you have any input on that or help him at all I'm, with I'm the sure makeup I and all that? Input. I, I'm, you know, Paul had a lot of input from what I remember. Uh, but, you know, we, we all basically, you know, gave our two cents as to what he should look like. And uh, I don't remember exactly who finalized the design, but, you know, we're all artistic, you know, you know, Paul's a graphic artist, I'm a graphic artist, and so so is G, you know. 
You know, Gene, Gene learned how to draw by reading comic books. And, you know, if you look at any of Gene's art, it's always, you know, kind of like comic book art. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, it all just came together. I think it was just meant to be one of those things. You know, I think every, I don't really believe in coincidences. I believe like everything happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, Eric was just like, uh, you know, the right fit, you know, what can I tell you? You were there. You, you saw it. Oh, yeah. You probably no. remember it a lot better than me. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, though. That's why 30 years after his death today, I still have jammed phones of fans wanting to call in and talk about him because he made such an immediate bond and connection with the fans. One last thing, Ace, and then I'll let you go. The only studio record you made with him was uh, was The Elder. And we all know, and the elder was just forty years old the other day, which is incredible. And obviously, that's a polarizing record to Kiss fans and and you guys in the band yourselves that that made it. And I remember talking to Eric after the fact about that, and he was just like, "Yeah, I, here I am making a my first record with Kiss, and I'm expecting to make this big bombastic heavy rock record." And you know, he was in no position to argue it at the time. He was the new guy in the band. But do you remember where? Did you actually record with him? When when you made the elder, or did you do your tracks in in a different place? We we, we recorded, you know, at least half, if not two thirds, of the record up at my studio in Wilton, Connecticut, and then uh, we uh, Bob uh, Ezrin producer Bob, yeah, Ezrin. Bob Ezrin wanted to work up uh, up at his house in Toronto because he had a studio in his basement. That's where we wrote Dark Light and uh, maybe one other, I don't know. But it was, uh, you know, it was an interesting process. Uh, but Eric was easy to work with, and he was always, he always wanted to do his best and uh, ask for input from everybody. And uh, he, really, he was just a joy to work with, you know. Yeah, no attitudes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember writing Breakout with him, you know, in his apartment in Manhattan. And, you know, he played me this tape, and uh, it, we just clicked on that song, and that turned out to be a great song on my uh, first solo record, Fraley's Comet. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, man, I appreciate a few minutes and a few thoughts on him. We all loved him. Bruce Kulik was on earlier. He, he spent a lot of time in the band with him, so he shared some thoughts, and uh, we're hearing from fans and everything. I really wanted to pay tribute to him 30 years after we lost him because we all loved him, and... He was a personal friend of mine as well, and I miss him all the time. So I appreciate you giving us a few minutes here today. Well, it was my pleasure, Ed. You know, uh, I can't say enough of good. I can't say enough good things about Eric, and uh, I posted some uh, four pictures of me and Eric on my website. If anybody's interested, I just went online and pulled them off, and I made a compilation of four different photos. Uh, they're on aceferly dot com Facebook. I mean, for my Facebook account, rather. And uh, there's some cute pictures of me and Eric. One of us is getting dressed, you know. We didn't really have our... Uh, I just had my jumpsuit on. I didn't have any of the uh, stuff that goes on top. And uh, I think Eric was shirtless. But, uh, you know, it was all for one and one for all, you know, with Eric. And uh, he was he was a pleasure to work with. And, you know, he'd be greatly missed. And... Uh, you know, it's it's something I try not to think about too much. You know, we had some great times together, and uh, you know, 
now he's up, uh, you know, he's playing rock and roll up in heaven, you know, with Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen and all the other great musicians that aren't with us anymore. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we'll definitely check out those photos online. Anything you want to mention you have coming up? I, I'm sure the Alice Cooper tour went well, and what's next for you? Finishing off another record? Where are you at? Uh, God, I, 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 my biggest, I've never had this problem before. I have about 25 songs that I've written and, and worked on with other writing, other people. I've been working with Pepe Castro from the Blues Magoos, Bomba B. Bye, and his last group was called Balance. But we yeah. grew up uh, in the Bronx together. He taught me how to play bar chords when we were laughing about it the other day. And, uh, I've also been working with uh, Tommy. Uh, who's the guy who's partners with Mutt Lang? Tommy's last name is because of the D. I'm so bad with names. Uh, with Mutt Lang, I don't know who partnered with Mutt Lang. Mutt Lang's partner is Tommy. Then, then something. Anyway, he wrote a couple of songs for me. Me and Peppy have written two or three songs together, and I've written about twenty songs. You know, with my, you know, I sit down and I uh, pick up a guitar and I start playing a song, and because I bought a lot of guitars online uh, in pawn shops while I was on tour with Alice, I actually bought over forty guitars. Oh wow! <laughs> now my collection is well over a hundred, and uh, but every time I pick up a guitar I've never played before, for some reason a song comes out. So oh, interesting. All right. It's, you know, as long as I keep buying guitars, I'm going to keep writing these songs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get a double record at this point, double studio record. Uh, well, the, tour, the tour with I'm Alice went well? For what, for, I'm only getting paid for 12 songs, so you have to get a double <laughs> <record>. <laughs> Hey, last thing, you had a good time, you had a good time with it. I'm very excited. There's, there's, there's a wealth of material. Real quick, you had a good, uh, you had a good tour with Alice. Did you enjoy that? Oh, we had so much fun. He actually invited me and Lars to the Christmas party uh, the first week in December. So we're, we're flying out to uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, ne- uh, first week in Christmas, first week in December, rather. And we're going to go to his Christmas party, and then his band will be there. And, hey, I might even see Chris Wise there. I think I know Joe Perry's going, maybe Johnny Depp will show up. Who knows? Uh but, you know, I went to one about three, four years ago, and uh, we had a blast. And uh, I'm sure this one will be just as good, if not better. Yeah, Christmas pudding, yeah, it's a charity really, You know, on the does. five weeks yeah. we were on the road, I got really close to this band and good friends with Nita now. And Nita promised to play on my new album and do a guitar solo. So that should be fun. Yeah, yeah. All good stuff, man. We look forward to all of that. All right, man, I'll let you go. Uh, Best to you and the family for Thanksgiving. Thanks for a few minutes, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, and I'd like to wish all my fans out there in rock and roll land a happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, don't forget to remember, you know, it's uh, life is short, and uh, you got to be thankful for all the things that God has given us. So uh, say a little prayer, everybody, and, and, you know, that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right, I, man, I'm well, listen. i off the top of my head. You know me, I never write anything down. That's, uh, that's all you should do. 
Listen, man, thank yeah. you. Have a good Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Thank you, brother. God bless, and uh, say hi to the family. You got it. Take care, buddy. Well, thanks to Ace. Next up, Bruce Kulick, right after this on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Continuing remembering Eric Carr with another former Kiss guitarist and a guy who made a lot of records with Eric and did a lot of tours with Eric Carr. That would be Bruce Kulick. Bruce was nice enough to call in to my tribute to Eric Carr and share some thoughts. Here is how that conversation went. The guy that made the lion's share of studio music with Eric Carr as the drummer in Kiss is guitarist Bruce Kulick. And Bruce joins us now for a few minutes to remember Eric Carr. Bruce also put a fantastic video, which I tweeted the link to, remembering Eric up on YouTube last night. Bruce, thanks for a few minutes. How are you today? Hey, great. I mean, uh, it's it's this day has finally come. This thirtieth anniversary. It's wild. It's been on my Hard mind to believe. for a while. To be quite honest, I know. Hard to believe and, it's know, that it's, long ago. I, I I keep celebrating the big anniversary. Bruce, you there? We somehow Bruce somehow me? got put on hold. There we go. Now you're back. I'm sorry. What okay. were you saying, Bruce? Um, I'm just, you know, what's interesting is all these um, anniversaries that KISS always has. You know, the big round ones, you know, from Asylum to, uh, you know, release and the tour and whatever. But Eric's um, obviously 30th anniversary of his passing is, is quite monumental and uh it's i can't believe it's that long it's unbelievable because he really has been a part of my life continuing uh past his um that sad you know loss that we all experience so um his legend lives on as my video says and the fans really love him you know it's really incredible bruce i'm interested you know your your arrival into kiss was was interesting because you came in as a initially as a as a filling guitar player for Mark St. John on the Animalized tour 
and then on, of course ended up uh, getting the gig when Mark didn't return to the band. What was your initial experience like with Eric Carr? Where did how did you first meet him? Was it when you were plugged in to sub on Asylum on on Animalize, or had you known him prior to that? You know, it's a great question, and I didn't get into it in my video because it wasn't really when I was in Kiss. I met him really quickly when they were recording Creatures of the Night. I actually got to go up to the studio with my brother and said hi, and they were like mixing Love It Loud. And I remember seeing Eric lying on the couch, just lounging around because they were just in mix mode, not performing and recording. And he was kind of aloof and quiet, but, you know, the giant head of hair and, you know, it was Eric Carr. And I didn't even have a conversation with him. I might have said, you know, hi, and that was it. And by the time I was asked to be Ghost Guitar on Animalize, uh, it was only Paul Stanley in the studio, no, nobody else from the band. That was Paul's baby, you know, producing it and needed, you know, wanted to reach out to the younger brother, you know, to play on a, a Kiss thing. So I, I hadn't, after that, it was rehearsal when they asked me to fill in, uh, you, you know, to perform with them. Uh, I did meet him really quickly. I mentioned it in the Rolling Stone article when I auditioned for Kiss, which I never really talked about much because I really wasn't ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I went in there and they were so loud and, and it blew me out of the, 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 the water kind of the vibe that, that was there. And, and Eric was very powerful, Black Diamond. I think we did one more song. But, but uh, really, I only got to know him once I started to travel in in uh for the animalized tour in 84 when i when we were on tour because uh i think they stuck me in the in the you know the cars would leave the gig in the venue in in two usually two kind of limo things and and i remember gene and paul were in one and i was in the other with eric mm. you know one of the things that everybody brings up about eric Carr beyond the playing and all of that is the personality and we're, we've already had some calls from fans talking about the experience they had meeting him or, or uh, having a moment with him in some way and some great stories like that. Was he immediately pretty welcoming to you coming into the band? Yes. I mean, he, you know, what was really interesting was uh, I knew he loved being in Kiss and he already went through a complete roller coaster. You think about it. I didn't know him when he went through, like, all right, what, what makeup character are you going to be? And, and everyone knows there was that last-minute drama, and, you know, he just all of a sudden became the Fox, like the day of the show or something like that. And, and he killed, you know, you know, he really nailed it and, and, and got the role right and the vibe right. But, but the point is um, he just uh, did unload a little bit on me, some of his frustrations of Kiss. And I was just like, kind of like, I'm the new guy who's like thrilled to be performing with Kiss, even if it was temporary, you know, so I wasn't a good audience for any of his gripes. Although later on, years later, I did understand it better, you know, because you walk into a situation with such big personalities as Gene and Paul, and you're going to have some frustrations. And I know he even went through that with what are they doing on the elder? You know what I mean? They, and you get what I mean? That's kind of like when he walks into the band, it's kind of strange times he went through and creatures was the right track, lick it up, take off the makeup. And then all of a sudden they record animalized with a new guitarist and, but he's not going to go on the road, you know, and there I am. So there was a lot, I think Eric had to go through a lot of uh, the roller coaster of kiss, but either way, I certainly got some stability in the band. And then I think we really bonded 
knowing I wasn't going anywhere and, and this is the gig and let's make the best of it. Yeah. Now you did many tours with him. Of course, the first, the first complete studio album you did with him was asylum, which is still among my favorites of that era, but you did many tours and albums with him. Is there for you, Bruce, a particular highlight, whether it was on record or on stage or both when Jamie was on earlier, we talked about how groundbreaking Eric's drum solo was on that asylum tour when he was using the pads and the triggers and all of that. Yep. So do, was there, is there a moment as both on record and on stage that jumps out for you working with him? You know, I, I started to watch um, a couple of different things uh, recently with, with Lisa. Uh, one being uh, a solo I was doing for crazy nights tour actually. And Eric always was incorporating those electronic things. And sometimes it was, coordinated you know differently with the lights like hot in the shade with lasers and things like that but for crazy nights i remember i had a pretty extended guitar solo but it always struck me really cool that to go into no 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 which was the song that eric and i wrote with gene which was important on crazy nights because some of the crazy nights was a bit keyboard and you know, a little more pop but that song was double bass drum you know guitar riff uh, filled so I remember at the end, towards the end of my solo, and you can see this clearly in that like Budokan 88 video that's on YouTube, that's well shot. I run up on the drum riser and we start doing like kind of some, some blues together where it's just me and him playing. And then, and then we go into this, you know, where I get really wild on the guitar, but he's like striking the downbeat with the kick and the, and the, and the crash. And, you know, the fact that we were actually even, only featured playing together the two of us on stage i thought that was really unique and i think that only happened in the crazy nights tour um so that was a big highlight for me to actually go join my my drummer buddy and and perform and then get into that wild song with the double bass drum that's a big highlight for me yeah and of course we both know that eric always wanted to sing a lead vocal he had been a lead singer in previous bands and he finally got a chance to do that on Hot in the Shade with Little Caesar. I know he was immensely proud of of doing that. And do you have any recollections of when that was cut? Um, well, it would have been, you know, sometime in 89. And we worked hard on it. And sometimes, except for some background vocals and stuff, it was largely just Eric and I on that song. But there's a footnote there, Eddie. I don't know if anyone else brought it up. Smashes, thrashes, and hits. They asked him to sing Beth. Yeah. Yeah, which he was really reluctant about. But, yeah. And I thought he did a great job, and Paul helped produce him. But this definitely had to do with, it's a hit song. We can't release it with Peter's voice. You know, like kind of like business matters that made no sense to the rest of us, but were, were actual issues that they had to like kind of work around. So in a way... Yeah, I look at Little Caesar as the real lead vocal song that Eric got to do for Kiss because it also personified him and he was largely, you know, wrote it. But he did sing best. And I was wondering if anybody else brought that to your attention, you know. And that was yeah, no, I, that, yeah, no, I remember when he did it. Uh, but I, I know that he, he was, and you, you know this as well, too, that he was really wanting and pushing to get that moment uh, where he had a, uh, his own song that he sang, Absolutely. not, not that. Yeah. And I know that was sure. something he was immensely proud of finally being able to have happen and get done when, when little Caesar was recorded. And you know, Bruce, I yeah. said this many times, the hot in the shade tour, your video that you put on YouTube last night, 
Hot in the Shade tour I is my favorite tour of that lineup in that era. I, I thought that's where the staging, everybody got comfortable yep. without the makeup. Yep. The solos were tightened up. Some more old songs were in the set. Yep. I, I thought that was great. And that you put some footage up in that YouTube clip of Eric's solo, which I thought was really cool that I had not seen before. Uh, I, I feel that tour was just fantastic. Do you, as a guy in the band at that time, do you agree? Yeah, and what's really ironic about that tour, and so funny that you, you know, I did find, obviously, the solo, and I was using that a little bit in the wrap-up that I did earlier, another video I did last year that had to do with an anniversary of Hot in the Shade tour and the end of an era, and the end of the era was Eric Carr being alive and being, the, that was his last uh, live gig with the band, which I touch upon in, in the tribute video, but, uh, you know, in the beginning, he wasn't, he was told not to do a drum solo, Larry Mazur, who's who was managing the band at the time, who I'm good friends with, and you know him from Cinderella and Poison and Nelsons and other people. Um, he wanted more songs and thought too many solos was was maybe not the re- right direction. But it, it slowly became a little balance where I think we realized Eric's drum solo wasn't your usual drum solo, and it needed to be in the show. And by the time it got in there, um, it was real important, and we never had those laser beam kind of uh, lights that I can remember. So, um, but I wonder how many dates, let's say we did, you know, 60. I wonder how many he didn't have the drum solo. I'm sure there's somebody out there that knows. <laughs> but I, what you saw in that footage, I probably got it from one of the rockology type, you know, videos that were out there that did, did we did capture uh, the Hot in the Shade tour very well. But I'm glad you got to see that. And uh, you know that that photo that is from Madison Square Garden that's time dated actually 11 9, uh, 90 was actually Eric's camera. And Loretta, his sister, had that photo. It was quite wild. He used to ask his uh, uh, roadie guys to take pictures, and, and he, he kept everything. I think you're aware of that. It was pretty wild. So that was really touching. And what can I say? He was really bummed out at the end of that tour. And I think everybody else knows what happened by spring. He got ill and by November he passed away from cancer. It was really tragic and way too soon for such a sweet man who had such talent. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Final thing, Bruce, and we're getting back to some of the fans calling in. You are somebody that is really the guy who is keeping that era of kiss alive. The, the, non-makeup era which you were such a huge part of the records you made which eric most of them was a huge part of as well and i know that you're going to be performing you just did it on the kiss cruise and now you're going to be doing it with the band in vegas on december 30th at vamped so for you i mean i think it's wonderful and i've told you this before that unfortunately that particular part of kiss's catalog is a bit underserved by the current band so the fact that you're going out there with the tremendous band with Zach Throne and Todd Kearns and Brent Fitz and playing that stuff, which Eric was also a huge part of, is really great. And I'm glad to see you're doing it on, on land as well. I hope to be there. Great. Thank you. And, and please do come. I mean, it's exciting that our schedules all kind of worked out. And, uh, you know, with Kiss not doing the residency uh, at the end of this year or early next year, any of those people could probably still keep their, you know, tickets and everything if they were coming in for New Year's and make it to on the 30th. I'm, I'm real excited about it. And I don't think I'll be doing big tribute medleys at that show. But, yeah, my my uh, love of like, you know, what a great uh, opportunity I had in KISS and what a great body of work I did. 
and Kiss, of course, known for all these decades of music and, 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 you know, I have to represent it. I just feel it's like I'm destined to do it. And Gene and Paul, they're very aware of it. They, they love it on the cruise. They love my band, everybody. It's all really works out really well that, that, uh, I can do that in the, the guys that I have. I, I know you know them all personally, and they're so talented, but they love that music too. So it's been a real win-win for the fans, for me personally, for the honor I have of uh, working with such good, talented guys and the fact that people really do love my era. I, I'm so flattered by it, and I will continue to wave the flag for it. And I just got to mention the side note. It's so funny that Chris Jericho – he went down the rabbit hole of non-makeup kiss and brusculic era with quarantine during the pandemic. And he's continuing to have fun with that. It's so funny. You know, I love it. He's got a good band. He's covering songs from that non-makeup kiss. So there's, there's a, you know, a, a, a real, I think there's an appetite for it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm, I'm ready to serve up a, a buffet here, you know? Yeah. 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 No doubt. And Jericho, of course, who's also a friend. I mean, he would be, he would have loved to weigh in on this too. I just thought of that now, but I'm trying also balance in the, the fans because that was such a yep. big thing with Eric Carr. The connection to the fans was incredible. And in just the few fan calls I've taken, it's, it's coming through already. So I'm going to get back to some more of that, but Bruce, thanks for a few sure. minutes. Uh, you and your wife have a great Thanksgiving and I plan on seeing you on the 30th in, in Vegas great. at Vamped. I can't wait to finally be okay. able to catch a show. Sounds like fun. And one last thing I just wanted to say about Eric. I never met a kinder musician, uh, artist to to uh, want to engage with the fans. He was like a role model. And, and even on as good as I can be, I could never do what Eric. Eric would go out in the cold in, in Scandinavia and stand outside because they wouldn't let the fans in to sign autographs. I mean, th- his dedication to the fans was unparalleled. I really admired that about him. He really did love the fans. So it's been great. Thanks for covering this today, Eddie. It's wonderful of you to do that. For, for your yeah, life. well, no, thanks for being a part of it. And you're, you couldn't have wrapped it up on a better note because I've been reinforcing that as well. And I think that's why 30 years after we lost him, people are still you know, talking about and remembering him. Yep. I mean, I miss him every day still. Whether you knew him personally or not, the connection everybody had to him was undeniable. And that was just because of the type of person he was. So thanks yes. so much, Bruce. I'll see you in Vegas Thank soon. Thank you so much. All right. So you take care. Have a great holiday. All right. You too, man. Well, thanks to Bruce Kulick. And of course, thanks to Ace Freely earlier. Uh, two former Kiss guitarists joining us on this week's podcast to remember and celebrate Eric Carr. Again, that originally aired on my Sirius XM show, Trunk Nation on volume on exactly the 30th anniversary of Eric Carr's death. Thank you to those guys for calling in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Again, please follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, especially Twitter, Instagram, and the fan page on Facebook, where I am most active. And uh, rest in peace, Eric Carr, 30 years gone, hard to believe. Again, appreciate you listening. Thanks to Joel Pollack, who puts this podcast together for me each and every week. And join me every day for Rock Talk and interviews on volume, Sirius XM Channel 106, live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. Anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Back with another podcast for you next Thursday. Have a good week, everybody.
Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.